Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 24th of June, 2021 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. We love our crazy, mixed-up, bustling city. Until last year, we were a city that never sleeps, but the virus put us to bed early and temporarily turned us from owls to larks. As time goes by, though, we're drifting towards our old ways, staying up until the wee hours and enjoying the glow of the city under the streetlights. This is a magical place, and what makes it magical is not the buildings or the infrastructure. The magic comes from the people and personalities that congregate here, from the fierce lyrical language of Cantonese and the ever-present spirit of fall, laugh, and get back up. This week, as we hustle and bustle about in the damp weather, we'll be listening to a story from Yumi about her impressions of this place that we call home. After Yumi, we'll re-listen to a story from Giselle about language and choices. Before we get to today's stories, though, a huge thanks goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We are listening and hearing what you have to say, Hong Kong. It is important. Huge hellos go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week, especially to listeners in Brussels in Belgium, Singapore in Singapore, and Boardman, Oregon in the USA. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. The next show is coming up, and we will have the theme, Bustin' Out. Jen is hosting, and she's preparing the storytellers as I'm recording this. The show will be performed live on August 5th at the Fringe Club. Tickets will be on sale soon, and you can find all the information about that and our weekly workshops on hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now, here is Yumi. At that time, I was living in Japan, commuting every day for my temp job. As you know, Japan, people are very nice, helpful, smiley. Buses, trains are all punctual. Clean, quiet, public toilets, super clean, <laughs> with, of course, toilet paper and hand air dryers. The life in Japan, so comfortable. But I was feeling bored and suffocated. I needed a change, so I registered in an educational agency to study and work as an assistant Japanese language teacher in a Western country. One Saturday morning, uh, no, sorry, afternoon, <laughs> I received a phone call. It was a job offer from the agency, but not in a Western country, in an 
Asian city. Hmm. I know the name of the city. It's a city in China. But where is it exactly? Um, can I、uh, reply to you in a few days? As soon as I hung up the phone, I opened the map and tried to locate the city. Where is it? I can't find it. Oh, oh here. It's a dot. <laughs> And the name of the city is written much bigger than the dot <laughs> Hong Kong. I went to a rental video shop, rented some videos, movies. Two movies I remembered. One, Wonka Way, Chongqing Express. Another one is about Japanese occupational period of Hong Kong. <laughs> yes. It describes how horrible, cruel, Japanese army's war. Ah, oh my God. I worried. Hong Kong people may hate Japanese.、Hmm. A few days later, I replied, I take the job. <laughs> anyway, it is only. One year contract. Why not? September 1997. Flying into Kaitak Airport from both sides of the windows in the aircraft. We can see people's life. Wow. People watching TV over there. <laughs> Laundry are waving at us. Kaitak Airport was a tiny old concrete building, but it was so lively. I was thrilled. A Japanese professor from Hong Kong U greeted me there. This was Sunday. Monday, Hong Kong U staff took me to a Chinese restaurant on campus. Big bowl of soup came. There's something floating in the soup. What is it? Oh my God. It's a tiny baby cockroach. <laughs> no, 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 we shouldn't eat. No, no, we shouldn't drink that soup. Not, not hygienic. <laughs> Hong Kong U staff smiled, said, Oh, it's well cooked in high heat. Don't worry.
and took it out and started to serve to everyone. And everyone started to drink the soup. Oh my God. So wild. <laughs> I followed, of course, and then I drank up the soup. Hong Kong is vibrant, colorful, but chaotic, not hygienic. <laughs> Toilets, super stinky. No toilet paper, wet floor, trains, buses, oh, no timetable, noisy, and in summer at that time, there's no aircon. They open the window, and sometimes you see cockroaches are enjoying the ride. No smiles. Even babies don't smile. <laughs> People are always shouting each other as if they are fighting. Complaints. They are professional in complaining. Loudly. Angrily in order to get what they want. I learned the trick. So I started to get angry too, <laughs> just like Hong Kong people. That kind of you know, chaotic you know, feelings and things, I never knew I could have done. One-year contract brought me to Hong Kong. Yes? This is my 24th year in this chaotic, not hygienic <laughs> Hong Kong. I still don't like it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 24 years in this complicated city has brought Yumi from dislike to love. It's how many of us who arrive here end up staying. But what about the people who are born here? They too are amazing, fascinating people, as we learn when Giselle came to a workshop and pitched this story. As always, we're impressed by how articulate and accomplished she is. If you want to try storytelling yourself, do not hesitate to get in touch. You can do that through the website hongkongstories.com. Now here is a story first aired in January 2019 from Giselle. For which he waxed a little reed of sham, how soberlish he cast down his yen. Priscilla gan all his share as being, and so soft it in her heart sink, and that to herself she said, who yaff me drink. Y'all confused, yeah? Because <laughs> I was. I took three medieval English classes when I was studying master's degree, and I still don't know what I was reading. 
And you see, I was so bad at it that I have to write it down to remind myself this way. <laughs> Now, you may think, how did I start speaking this accent? And how did I get myself into this fucking mess? <laughs> I better backtrack a little. So, when I was a kid, I read lots of British children's stories. And home in those books were like small cottages in sunny streets that smelt like wild blackberries and, <laughs> and buttered pastries covered with fluffy melted marshmallows. Not this hot, crowded place where I had to strategize and squeeze between people just so I wouldn't get strolled over by someone's luggage. <laughs> so yeah, even though I was born and raised all my life here, Hong Kong has never been my home. My parents, like many from their generation, feared the unknown territory of the post-1997 handover. So they applied for and secured a British citizenship in the 1990s before I was even born. But my parents didn't really move to the UK, though. They kept their lives and everything here in Hong Kong. But if anything were to happen to this place where we love to hate and hate to love, it's good to know that we could move. My parents loved the security and did not leave, but I did. So after I graduated from uni last year, I moved to the UK alone. I threw this extravagant Hong Kong-themed party to bid my friends and this place goodbye, and I boarded the plane the next day. 13 hours later, I landed, and I walked straight through the facial identification gate for British citizens. No one to ask me what I was doing in the country or for a visa to stay. It took me just a few seconds, I crossed the border, and I was officially home. But then, what exactly is home? I spent the last two years of my undergrad studying post-colonial theories and Hong Kong studies, and all those concepts spoke to me as they emphasized the need to make a home of our own making. So there I was in Birmingham, doing my dissertation on the ontology of home in a post-colonial, post-modern Hong Kong. And um, my attempt to search for a home went beyond the theoretical context. I found a house with five random housemates and with the hopes of living in a British cottage that I've always dreamt of. <laughs> But instead of a warm, cozy paradise, reality threw me this cold, foggy street as if I was being stuck in Silent Hill. And instead of my unrealistic carpeted kitchen that I've always wanted, I had a freezing kitchen with sticky tiled floors and a greasy gas stove. But still, I did the best I could. I covered all the walls with tapestries and fairy lights, and I cleaned all the furnitures, and until my room looked exactly like those typical room tours. One step closer to being like those English, English girls like I see on YouTube. But one of the many things that gave me away was my accent, so I tried my best to cover it up and get rid of it. So after a while, my okay la turned into cheers mate, <laughs> and my annoyed dima is concealed in a much more British yite love. After all the shedding, it was the decorating. I'd wake up an extra hour early to cake on layers of foundation that was a shade too pale. And I'd heavily contour my nose and my cheekbones while I let the highlight bake on my chin to look more like my classmates. But the creme de la creme was switching all my classes from post-colonial studies to 
Yep, you got it. Medieval literature, even when I knew nothing about it. If classes were all about sitting there and listening to what the teachers were saying, I could still kind of pull my act together. But the thing is, we had to read a paragraph one by one. So while all my classmates were reading the Chaucer and all those alphabets that I don't even know. I was searching for the pronunciations and the context in Chinese because I didn't want anyone to know how clueless I was. I have no idea what the teachers or my classmates were saying, let alone join their discussions. When I was blabbering all those bullshit in my ridiculous accent, my sober self now know that I couldn't blame my classmates for staring at me weirdly. But at that moment, I could feel that imaginary. Imaginary sneer burning into my skin and leaving a mark of shame. I I was trying so hard to be put in that box, you know. When I see a Chinese student nearby, I'd make sure to walk far away from them so that I wouldn't be categorized as an international student. But instead, I've wrapped myself up in a cocoon. First, it was just a few threads of embellishing touches, but layers after layers, I had no way out. I felt more Asian than ever. So, in those coldest months in winter, I skipped all my classes, even when I know that I'll fail my courses. But still, I didn't go back to Hong Kong. How could I? For my whole life, I wanted to leave that place. And I gave up and locked myself in my room that smelled like cup noodles because they were all I ate—the cup noodles that my mom has sent me. I didn't want to get out of my bed or my room. Because I dreaded the day, even when I know that every day is just the same. Me avoiding life, and I also play this game called The Sims, where I could build houses and create virtual people. And I actually created、um, my childhood home in Hong Kong and my apartment that I was living in. And I built houses after houses, and I'd create my friends and the sim version of myself, and watch them reunite in the screen. I didn't really realize what I was doing back then until two months and thirty pounds later. My mom finally saw me on Skype. <laughs> She yelled at my Chinese name. She was like, "Tan Chuan Yang, what are you eating? Is that cheese?" And I was like, "Mom, this is what my mates eat here." And she was like,、mm-hmm. "And I'm like, my friends, this is what my friends eat." Pasta and cheese—it's normal. And my mom said, "They are not my daughter. You are my daughter. Come back to Hong Kong right now." <laughs> well, that actually was what I was waiting for—someone to force me to leave that place instead of me being defeated and going back. Because the truth is, Birmingham is not home. So, what is home? Am I home yet here in Hong Kong? I am, and I am not. Someday I will be home elsewhere. Someday when I'm ready. And it took me a while to realize this that I'm not really p- proud of. But I didn't take my master's degree for the right reason. All I wanted was to figure out who I was and where I really belonged. But what I know is this: Middle English, medieval literature. Fuck that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's stories, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. みんなそれぞれにストーリーがある